Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben and thank you for joining me for my round seven team reveal. This is what my team is looking like at the moment, going through the changes that I think I'm going to make and go from there. Uh, If you don't like us already, please like, subscribe, do all of that funny business and share some love. You can also find us on our socials, uh, SC Insider 100, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Get on there, give us some likes, and obviously we also do our audio platforms as well for our podcast each week, so join us there, or look for us as well on uh, YouTube. You can find our podcast through there as well. So for this week, let me go back and show you. I had a, a decent week, as you can see, 2,391. I am now ranked 131st, so trying to catch George. George Supercoach, I think I'm only about 40 points behind him. I think he's killing it as well in the 70-odd. Um, bit of an indifferent week for me. I went the early crow, as you know, Chris has criticized me from before. So I did really well. I'm looking at making a couple of moves. Stupidly though, I went the early crow and I traded Josh Kelly. So I was loving life. Josh Kelly spotted it up so hard. I was like, ha, he is not my problem anymore. He's not in my side. I don't have to think about Josh Kelly anymore. He's done. Out of my side, gone. Finito celebrating his crappy-ass score. And then, wouldn't you know it, I brought in Lockie Neal, and Lockie Neal gets injured. That's a moment silence for those playing at home. Um, really upset, but look, you know, it is what it is. It could happen to anyone. You bring in any premium, they could always go down at any week. Um he was at a good price, Lockie Neal. He was at a good time, and I just, obviously, bad luck that he did his ankle. So that's the issue I'm in at the moment. Um, I've counted seven trades that I kind of need to make to fill my side. Ideally, I want to do three before the bides and then use my last trades in the buy rounds to do four trades. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking at the moment. Now, we're about to do a massive podcast going up with Lockie Neal and Dunkley Options. Uh, I'm going to explain what I'm kind of looking at at the moment and what I'm sort of thinking of doing for this week. It is a little bit challenging, Um, so let's get into it. Now, happy Ridley came back. My player of the match, my MVP, Kozzi Kozitski, right, killed it, 104. What a week to have him on field. I needed him to be named, so thank God, Ridley, for you having a week off, mate, because my rookies just stood up and got me a premium score, so extremely happy with that. Um... Who else did I bring in? So I brought in Lockie Neal and McCreary. McCreary was the one. I went a little bit early on McCreary. I had to if I wanted him. Um, only because Collingwood have some easy games coming up. I felt that, you know, yes, his role's not great, but if you play some weaker oppositions, he probably has more chance to kick some goals and, and you know, score some 60s. That was my train of thinking. It also meant that I was able to actually uh, loophole um, row as well. Um, so lucky I, I got to see his score and then I could use Waterman as a, as a loophole. Uh, not happy Waterman was out, but all reports Waterman actually had a pretty good game and kicked some goals. So he could be back, um, at some point, hopefully soon. So instead of taking the, um, 27 from Roe, I actually got to then get a free roll. Basically McCurry got 20 points more than that. So that was a nice little boost, not a huge boost. I wish he went bigger, but you know, uh, two goals from McCurry, I think he'll stay on. 
there's not many rookies out this week, so that's the big issue for me. And I have bigger issues. Dunkley and Neil are my outs now. Here's what I'm thinking. Now, every single person should be looking at, do they have McRae, Oliver, Walsh, uh, etc., and Steele? And you want to bring in the one you don't have. If you have multiple and you have Neil and, and Dunkley, then I'd be trying to get those in because I think they are must-haves. Now, I could go Lockie Neal straight to um, Steel. I think that would work out quite well. However, what I am thinking of doing is because the dogs play first, I'm kind of looking to see maybe how Scott goes so I can then try and see how I want to restructure my side. So what I will be doing, first of all, is going Dunkley out of my side. Uh, I think I'm going to take... Uh, Scott down into the forward line, and I'm going to bring in Jack Steele. Now, Jack Steele for me, I think, is a no-brainer for those who don't have him, and the reason is, yes, he's been pretty consistent this year, hasn't gone too crazy the last couple of rounds. However, um, I'll explain why. Now, when you have a look at who they're playing, they're playing Hawks, Gold Coast, Geelong for the next three. Then they play Bulldogs, North Sydney, Adelaide. So what do you have? Hawthorne, pretty weak midfield. They leak points. Gold Coast have a weak midfield at the moment. Geelong, they don't really tag. They're probably more matchup dependent at the moment now that or a lot of that. Oh, actually, it could be interesting. Danger's out, so maybe we'll see there. But either way, I think Steele will be fine. He gets contested ball and tackles, so he's not really a threat to being tagged, I don't think. North Melbourne again, weak midfield. Dogs will go match uh, set their matchups there. Sydney, um, I think he'll be fine in that matchup in Adelaide. So let's say Hawthorne, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, and Adelaide. That's four pretty easy matchups in the next seven rounds. I honestly think he's going to average you 130 over the next seven. That's my opinion. That's why I'll be going with him. I'm thinking about going him first up, so that way it frees up some options. I get to sort of see how um, Scott goes to start with and sort of go from there. Um, also, lucky, A, I kept Kaczynski, A, I kept Jordan. So, A, you know, good points there. Also, they're going to be going up in price. I've got most of the rookies going up in price. I don't think I've really missed one yet, which probably bodes well for me and my rank at the moment. The only thing against me at the moment is my trades. But when you are trying to rank well and you're around that 100 mark, you kind of just got to keep pushing on and hope for some luck. There's no point playing it safe. If you run out of trades, you do, and you just hope you have a big enough lead to kind of hold on and you don't get floored at the end. And today is brought to you by Peroni Legera, crisp, clean, less than a standard, nice and delicious. Um, Flynn, for me, is also a worry. Uh, I don't know how many. I'm waiting for him to play one more game. Uh, I'm going to cash him in soon, guys. It, it, it's a must-do for me. I think Mumford is proving to probably be their number one option. It would not surprise me if Mumford gets named this week. He had a week off. Uh, and Bruce is also coming back probably around that round. Uh, 14 or so, so there's no guarantee. Those keeping Flynn to try and have buy coverage, etc. no guarantee he actually plays that round because not only is he competing against Mumford, around that sort of round 14 sort of mark, Bruce is also due to come back, and that does not um, bode well. So I'm looking to move him on another price rise or so, get him over that 300k, we'll see how we go. It depends on how he scores in the next game, and I'm looking to upgrade him as soon as possible. Uh, hopefully Barry gets named. I think a lot of people are having issues with rookies at the moment. Um, Rowe could also get dropped. If Waterman's also gone, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Scott and McCreary should be playing, so no issues there. Warner, I think, is chipping along. I'd like to keep him till the buys. Goulden, I think, needs to be upgraded soon. That 38, I think his time on ground's getting lower. His break-even's now starting to creep. He could dro- start dropping some massive cash. Break-even is 78, so for me... I'm going to probably keep him for this week, and I'm looking at moving him to a premium next week. Now, 
This is where the thoughts start to differ a little bit. I've got enough cash. I've got 180000 in my bank. If I go, say, Lockie Neal and I bring in someone for around 550 k or less, I could go Goulden to Tom Mitchell next week. Now, I know Titch hasn't started off very well, but he started increasing his tackles last week. That's a good sign. Uh, he's got a lot of the ball. He just hasn't been disposing of it well. Let's not forget he had shoulder issues. He was still, his knee feels pretty good now. It's coming pretty good. He had some shoulder issues. So I think that'll come with confidence. Last year, he averaged like 120 in the back end of the year once he got through the first sort of half a dozen games. I'm hoping it's something similar this year. Now, yes, we hope. We're all in that position where we kind of have to make, you know, take risks and take chances. I can't see it being a bad decision to get Tom Mitchell for less than 500000 at all. He would have dropped more than 100000 I think he'd just back him in to regain that pick status and to start hitting the ball a bit better. That's in his realm. I am thinking about doing that over, say, a Brayshaw. Now, Brayshaw's advantage is he can run all day. He's less at the moment. He is going up in price. Um, Brayshaw has had a couple of better games. I think he's had four scores now over 117. So that's really nice and consistent. I am looking at him there. Downside, though, is he's had two games underneath, like, tagged really bad. I think one was a 66, got kept down by Kurnow. If Kurnow can keep you down, then that's an issue. That issue for me is multiplied by the fact that they actually play Hawthorne and Carlton again later in the season. Now, considering I'm going for overall, you would use that history bias to say, hey, it worked well last time, so chances are that he's going to get tagged again. Maybe he'll be better prepared. Maybe he'll get you a 90 or 100, or maybe he'll shit the bed. Pardon my French. So I am concerned about bringing him in. I think it could be a bad decision. If he's going to get two more tags at least, it's an issue. On the flip side, he's got more hundreds than Titch. So, you know, take your, take your pick. One is a premium that's dropped a lot of cash, and the other one, you could say breakout, but he kind of broke out last year, Brayshaw. Is he capped at a 105, though? I think he might be. I think that consistency is not there. I think Titch has the potential to go higher. For me, if I go a 550k forward or a midfielder this week, then that frees up Gulden to Titch. So I am looking everywhere, and you'll have to check the latest next podcast as well on my options here. But I'm looking at Dane Zorko. I'm looking at um, Sidebottom. I'm looking at... Um, oh, I've got... Marshall as well, so St. Kilda, Marshall. Now, it's an interesting one. Marshall, Paddy Ryder's meant to come back this week. Marshall probably plays forward. Will Saints be better and win games with that scenario in that matchup? Possibly. If I want to see stats, though. I want to see data. I want to see Marshall playing with Ryder again because Saints aren't winning games. So I don't want to pick a forward in a crappy team that aren't going to get the bigger chunk of the pie. That's my concern. And yes, you say, oh, I did it last year. But yes, they won games last year. They played finals last year. They were competitive last year. I want to see it. I want to see that turnaround. I want to see his percentage of ruck time. I don't want to pick him. A, he's got a fairly high break even. 550K for a forward ruck who has bad leg issues or foot, which could flare up at any minute. Zorko, again, old, had foot issues. He said he's going to have to manage it. He's doing well so far. Um, they threw him back into the midfield this week. Is that going to help him score well? Possibly. They also play Gold Coast coming up. Is Tuke Miller going to tag Zorka like he has done before? Possibly. Um, these are all the things going through my mind. So I'm trying to work out matchups and trying to juggle the buy scenario at the moment and try and work out with that best ratio for my team. But if I get someone under 550k, I can go Goulden to Titch. So therefore, I'm turning my... Um, 
I'm turning Neil and Dunkley into three premiums, three trades. That's the scenario. Now, if you're in a similar situation and maybe you've missed some rookies or you, you got rid of Jordan, you got rid of Kaczynski, you're losing some cash there, not a bad option to go best available. Bring in some cheaper options and fill out your team. Instead of having two premiums, can you stretch it to three um, is a possible option there. But rule of thumb, I think if you don't have McRae, Steele, Walsh or Oliver, you need to pick at least the one you're missing or multiple if you if you have multiple. So that's it. I'm um, not too fussed on going down to um, McRae Jr. this week. I don't think he's a must-have. Yes, he could come out and absolutely blow up the box over with some uh, cheap opposition in the next few weeks, but I don't think he's a must-have. He hasn't set the world alight. Um, he's a slightly more expensive rookie anyway to begin with. Um, I don't think he's a must-have. I don't think it's worthwhile to go from a premium down to a rookie for this week. Uh, I think you can move on him and hopefully some more rookie sharp guys because at the moment they're stretched. There's not many there. So uh, VC and C options this week. I'm probably going VC McRae, trusty McRae into Gorn. They both have really good history against their opponents. So let's have a look at McRae. Uh, boy, he's killing it. Let's have a look. Against Richmond, he's gone 162, 107, 163. How could you not want to VC him? Um, I think that's a really good option there. Also, Steele, when do they play? Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Steele against his opponent, not as great, but I actually see him doing well this week. I think um, history says he's actually a recent performer. So And Gorn as well, that always performs against Goldstein. Always. And let's have a look at that history there. Didn't play him uh, in the back end of 2020. But 212, 117 are his last couple. So I think he is a nice, safe option for those Gorn owners. Uh, Gorn owners. And that's it. That wraps me up. Check out Chris's team as well, guys. Follow us, like us, subscribe, and stay tuned to our podcast if you want more in-depth analysis on your Zorkos, your Heenies, your Sidebottoms, all those other players as to who you would pick and why to replace those injured premiums. And that's it. Talk to you next time. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Supercoach Insider. This is my team heading into round seven. Um, you guys are enjoying uh, these little 10-minute uh, uh, YouTube and, uh, and podcast segments and uh, I think we're going to continue with it. It seems to be having quite a bit of success and break up the podcast a little bit more for us. Uh, so this is how I obviously went into, um, into the week. I had a pretty uh, average week. Um, I wouldn't say it was good. I, I dropped a little bit of rank. Uh, my total score was 2,236, um, which was obviously not that great for the round. Um, I still managed to just to stay inside the top 1,000 ranked. Um, so I slid about 200 places, 219 to 968. Um, now, obviously, from last week's podcast, my trade plans were absolutely thrown in the air um, at the uh, once we had the Dunkley injury. So... Um, very much, it just changed everything about what I was doing um, in the week. Um, so initially, I was actually going to bring in Lockie Neal and uh, and trade Golden and Lockie Neal. Um, uh, sorry, Golden and Clark to Lockie Neal and uh, I think it was McRae. Um, uh, I completely ditched that idea um, out, out of the water and I went with... Uh, so because of oh, I knew about the Dunkley injury, I just didn't want to leave my forward line short. So, of course... I bring in Dusty Martin. Um, so one of the guys that I just didn't have, and of course he just had a, an absolute stinker and then got knocked out, um, which was is weird because he was sort of, he didn't didn't have a great first quarter. Then he got, it's, it looked like he had like an eye injury actually when I was watching the game. It came back on the field and then went back off and then they called it a concussion. So it was a, a little bit of a strange one. Thanks, mate. Um, nice little Peroni. Thank you very much, ben, Benjamin. 
Uh, yeah, so it was a bit of a strange one. Um, that obviously really affected my team, that 39. However, it's probably a best of a bad situation because the other option was bringing in Lockie Neal, and whilst then I would have had the points, I would have to spend another trade. So um, Dusty's only going to be out likely for the one week. Um, they've already said that, so uh, he'll come in next week. And thank you very much for that uh, finger. So uh, look, and if if anyone in the comp was going to get injured for one week, um, at least and I'm going to get a 39. At least it was Dusty because 70 percent of the comp owned him. So the 30 percent that don't obviously get a slight leg up. Cool, because they'll be able to pick him up cheap. But he was 520k. You might get him 70k cheaper. Sick. Um, but th- yeah, most of the competition aren't going to really get that benefit from you. So um, I brought him in um, and the other trade that I did was I bought in Bo McCreary. And the reason I bought in Bo McCreary over Finn McRae is, is that I don't like bringing in rookies early. And Bo McCreary just seems to have more job security in our Collingwood team. Um, so the reason is the way the, his position that he plays and he's actually been very successful in it. So a small pressure forward. Um, since Jamie Elliott's gone down, we don't really have anyone to play that. Um, you're still sideball has been pushed into the midfield because Dugowie's been injured. Um, so a lot of our, um, our forwards that would be considered pressure forwards, guys like Josh Thomas played in the midfield last week. So I think that he's got a little bit more job security in his role than a lot of the other rookies that Colin would bring in. It's also just been announced that Caleb Poulter will also debut this week which is warning bells to me for both Rantle, who debuted again last week, and McRae. Um, and the reason is Dego is probably coming back in. So that means they're probably going to have at least three changes this week with Keane also coming back from suspension if they persist with Darcy Moore forward. Cameron's played such a good job. They're not going to drop him for Cox or anything like that. So it's unlikely it, it, that um, that they change anything in terms of the tour setup. How do you say his name, Chris? Uh, Mark Keane or Finn McRae or... How do you say it? Say what? Pulta? 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 Or Caleb Pulta? Poltergeist? I don't don't even know. Pulta, Pulta. (laughs) Oh, that's a story. Um, So Finn McRae might not get a third game, and that would be real bad for anyone that brought him in. Um, Now, I blame Black Buckley completely on this because he played a little bit on the ball in the previous week, and he looked quite good. This week, he was basically... He had a very few CBAs and basically played in the forward line the entire time, along with Jay Rantel. And I'm just like, why are you playing two of your best VFL midfielders that are dominating in the seconds in a forward pocket? When you have guys like Josh Thomas that are playing and Cal Brown that are playing um, forward minutes, makes, I would say mid, mid minutes, makes zero sense at all. Cal Brown's never going to be a full-time midfielder and neither is Josh Thomas. Why, why are you even doing that? It doesn't make any sense. If you're going to give the kids a run, play them in their positions. It's stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, so that could bode really badly for someone like uh, uh, McRae or Poulter. So kind of glad that I got McCreary. Also glad that he kicked three snags. Unfortunately, only got 47, but best of a bad situation. Um, and of course, I played row on field. That didn't help. Um, Golden again, didn't help. Um, short definitely didn't help. Chapman again didn't help. Um, so yeah, my team was a little bit worse for worse. I'm, I'm look two two three six. It's not terrible. It's not the end of the world. But there's uh, a lot better scores and a lot better teams out there. This week I'm doing another upgrade. So um, at the moment, again pending everything that happens. Obviously, the only real concern in my team is Dunkley. So I'll be getting rid of Dunkley. Now, I personally believe the number one trade-in target due to, and obviously this is, I think, a bit of a no-brainer selection, 
due to Lockie Neal going down, is Dane Zorko. So I think that he's, ever since the start of the year, they they planned to play him a little bit more forward. Um, Rainer goes down. He plays a little bit more mid-time, scores a little bit better than we thought. Neal goes down, probably going to score a little bit better than we thought again. He's a guy that for the next eight weeks could potentially go on a run of 110, 120 average and average 100 over the season. Now, that's way better than any other forward option that you probably have outside of Zeeble already, um, who, by the way, is just running away with an amazing average. Um, and any of these top 10 guys that are just really just average looking outside of Marshall and maybe Dangerfield when he comes back. So, um, yeah, so I think Zorko to me makes the most sense um, in every way. And so that's the way that I'll be, I'll be leading that. Um, and then of course, what do I do with the second one? So my option is with the uh, trades that I have, and um, I've got two options to get rid of. Right now, Golden and Warner both could potentially go, but Golden doesn't have the role that Warner does. The problem is I'd love to trade Golden, just don't have anyone around that price point. So if I go try and trade Golden this week, um, the options are just really limited in terms of what I can bring in. So I'll get, oh, sorry, have a look at this. So I definitely want Zorko. That's a non-negotiable for me. For 471K, and I don't really want to defend up because for two reasons. First of all, I already have six and with the likelihood of putting um, Laird back into my midfield um, and Whitfield playing this week, it looks like he, he'll probably play this week, which is good. Um, so I don't want a defender. Um, I would be happy to get a forward, but there's no one really at that price outside of Dusty, which I already have, and then someone like a Heaney. And for 471K, unfortunately, there really isn't any like midfielder that I'm interested in bringing in. Um, all of them just that little bit more expensive. And the one that I really, really want that I can afford if I slightly change things around is, um, is Andrew Brayshaw. So instead of going golden, what I'm going to do is I'm going to trade Warner. Um, now, I would avoid trading Warner if you could because I think for on-field rookie scoring, he's still easily the best of the bunch. Yes, he's he could make a little bit more cash too. I mean, he could get up to 400. He's the guy that can definitely pop out some consistent scoring and he has the role in the midfield right now. But if I'm being honest, if I trade him out now, am I going to really lose that much cash? Maybe, maybe not. The, the main benefit for Warner is that he's on field and you're going to be losing his points as a rookie forward option. Whereas if Golden continues this stretch of going down and down and down, or maybe even not getting selected, um, yeah, it's going to be really hard for him to really generate that cash. And his break-even now is, is, is really dropping. So he's got a break-even of 78. I think Warner is, um, is 76. But at the moment, yeah, at the moment it looks like yeah, Golden's nowhere near trying to get to that uh, that break even. He hasn't um, hasn't been performing, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a, a bit of a red flag there. So I prefer to trade Golden, but um, I'm going to have to trade Warner in order to do what I want to do. Um, so I can move Dusty obviously into the forward line there um, and get uh, Brayshaw in. Uh, so let me do this, Brayshaw. Uh, what have I done here? Oh, I don't even know what I've done. Oh, oh. Why, can't I, why can't I do that with the money? Oh, I got to trade the Dunkley. Oh, it didn't go through. 
Okay, uh, and that goes to Zorko. So this is unfor- this is how my team will look moving forward. Um, I'll just put this through. Now, the good news is it still means that I'm able to maintain upgrade cadence. The bad thing is Brayshaw is obviously not exactly what I would say. And uh, a tier one or a premium or, or an Uber premium, he's more of a tier two. Um, and I have a few of those. So, yeah, including Taranto and now Mitchell, those guys are just stinking up my um, my midfield. And the ones that I want, obviously, are guys like um, who I really want is uh, Oliver and Steele. Now... I could obviously do the one trade there. I just don't think it's very, like, um, their break-evens aren't attractive, you know. Um, Oliver's still got a break-even at 122. Um, Steel's in the 150s. It's not urgent that I need to bring them in. Actually, I think Steel might even be higher than that. Um, so you, you don't need to bring them in. And I can, I've got a plan to get them in in the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I think you take the value when it's there. I think Zorko's a must-have. Um, if To just try and balance your... your um, uh, your forward line with Dunkley going out, you need a best available forward, especially if you're really only running, you know, Zebel and Impey, and then you, you, you maybe you have Martin, then you're running three rookie forwards on field with the rookie forwards, the way they could be dropped at any time. I just don't like that situation. Now, obviously, Martin is going to need to be, um, he won't play this week, um, so I'll probably play Scott on field this week, and that is how I'll line up. Um, which is frustrating, but it is what it is. Um, I'll also move uh, Laird back here and get Ridley back on field. And I'm actually going to be um, captaining Brody Grundy this week, I believe. So I'm going to likely go VC McRae into Grundy. Um, a little bit different. I just think that with the GC Rucks, you're either going to get... Um, a 193, you know, 193 barely played uh, AFL ruck, or you're going to get Zach Smith completely underdone coming from an injury. Either way, I can see Grundy going big this week. So I like the VC option on McRae, especially because A, no Dunkley, so more points this week available for the Western Bulldogs, and B, um, Richmond love to leak points to midfielders. So uh, McRae into Grundy is the way that I am going this week. Um, so that's my team. Um, now the benefit of this is I do have now 17 premiums and still 20 trades left at the end of this week. Um, which means if I was to go one down, one up remaining, I would still have 10 trades remaining at the end of that. That's unlikely. I'm probably going to go two down, one up at least for Oliver and steel. Um, so two more, you know, big, big premiums in there. That leaves me with eight trades. So I still got plenty of trades, you know, for injuries or anything that happens during the season, um, to be full premium. So, um, yeah, really looking forward. And I think that the, the, you know, the trade situation is a little bit overblown, in my opinion, in terms of, oh, everyone's been just burning through trades. A lot of teams that I've seen, you know, had a good starting setup and they've, you know, traded well, even though they've they've had injuries or these things have happened, they've got plenty of trades remaining to get to full premium. And the reason is Jack Zebel and, and Impey. So they are both a top 10 forwards, meaning that there's no there's no need to um, upgrade them or to trade them out or anything like that unless an injury occurs. So they've saved four trades on your season. So it's not as dire as you might think. Moving forward next into next week, so my plan is um, Frederick, if he has a decent game this week, he'll likely be coming in for Chapman. Um, and then uh, I could also, depending on what happens with Flynn, um, I might trade him out for Thilthorpe. And the reason for that is it allows me to, then to put him as a forward rookie 
and I can either play him on field or loophole him as well. And um, I might need that extra cover moving forward. So I am looking at Phil Thorpe. The unfortunate thing about Flynn, I really hope he plays this week, but there's a rumor going around that Mumford might play. That's really going to throw things out um, if that happens uh, because you just really need that extra cash gen from Flynn and we need it ASAP. Um, but that's it. That's my team for this week. Hopefully I, um, hopefully, yeah, I can have a bit of a turnaround in form from guys like Short. Hopefully, you know, Dusty hasn't hurt us too much. And, um, yeah, hopefully moving forward I can climb back up and beat this old stager over here in the, in the top 150 at the moment. So um, cheers, guys. Have a good week and good luck. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry.